To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. I'm trying to get crazy with this thing. Don't you know I'm local? The Bustello is back. Jay here, positivesarcasm.com. Find me on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, minds, minds.com. Look up Positive Sarcasm. Twitter at BOS Sarcasm. <laughs> Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. You have questions, concerns, comments. If they're during the live stream, you can, of course, send them through twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one. I will read and respond to all your comments, even if they are borderline racist. You're a racist! Um, but you can hit me up on all social media. You can contact me directly at my website, positivesarcasm.com. Just click on the link that says contact. Or you can just email me directly at positivesarcasm at outlook.com. See, there's so many ways. There's so many ways. I am here. I am for you. But mostly I'm here for me. Uh, breaking news. Breaking. Why do I? What's the matter with me? Because, oh, two things. Besides the black hole. More important than the, the picture of the black hole. Which is kind of disappointing. Number one. Cafe Bustello is back in stock at the PositiveSarcasm.com studio. Cafe Caribe is out. Bustello is back. It's back in. And it's just as delicious as I remember before. Mm. My love affair for this cheap coffee. Maybe not cheaply made, but definitely inexpensive coffee that warms the taste buds to this affordable Jewish core. Uh, it's really something wonderful. So it is back. I don't ever want to be disappointed again in my coffee. This was really fantastic. I'm so glad to it. If you have other, uh, if you have thoughts of other coffees I should try with the exception of, Gulf, of, uh, Folgers Crystals, uh, Folgers go fuck yourself. Um, you're more than welcome to email me with your suggestions and questions and stuff like that. I love my coffees, my Javelia. I got started in Javelia, so I love it. It's great. I'm glad it's back and stuck. It's just nice. It just, it feels it feels right. You know, it feels right. My body's telling me yes. Um, so yeah, it's good to have it. Uh, and another thing is, remember I was preaching about a few weeks ago, probably a couple months ago. No, you weren't. You probably weren't even listening to the podcast back then. Maybe you're not even listening now. But anyways, uh, I said I was going to get an alarm clock because everybody is starting to disconnect from their, their smartphones. Um, and I was one of those people that was preaching it. And I was, I deleted my Twitter app from my phone. I've been looking at my social media far less. When I'm at social media, I'm including things like Minds, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Because number one, it's really easy to go into an Instagram hole. Same thing, same thing with Facebook. Um, so I've been disconnecting from them. and getting off of getting the Twitter app off of my phone. Uh, I've cut my time on there. I'd say in half, if not more. And I'd have to check my data counter, but um, it's been significant. Mm. And you know what? I don't know what it is with everything that's going on lately. I am in a significantly better I'm significantly I continue to be in a better mood. Now, I originally was talking it was maybe I said it was about the the amount of hot sauce I was consuming because I just finished a bottle of Badia's ghost pepper. Go to Badia Spices. You can check them out on Twitter at Badia Spices. B A D I A. Uh they make a ghost pepper sauce which was killer. And it was so hot, it was warming the top of my, warming the front of my head and the, pretty much the rest of my body. But I was feeling euphoric. 
And I can't really explain what it was, but I thought it had something to do with it. But it also may be the two, a few combinations. One, the hot sauce, okay? Because I definitely felt the heat and the euphoric feeling in the front of my head. Two was disconnecting massively from a lot of my social media. As you notice, I don't post a lot. I really don't. If I need to post something, I have a Facebook, uh, not a Facebook, excuse me, I have an Inst- uh, 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 a website to post stuff. You, you know what I'm saying? And YouTube is, I don't technically count YouTube as social media. YouTube is videos. YouTube is, uh, you can watch, you know, movies, documentaries, things like that. I don't technically count that as social media because I would put that in the category of Netflix because you can YouTube hard, you can Netflix hard, you can Amazon Prime hard. Uh, you can, I guess you can Hulu hard. I'm not really sure. I don't know if Hulu has the ammunition to to make it hard. Uh, if you get my drift. So, is it breezy in here? The idea of me cutting back, that's also a good thing. That is, I think that mentally has also played a, a, a solid factor in my mental well-being. And now on top of all of it, because my f- uh, phone, your phone is watching you. Uh, I finally got my alarm clock i specifically ordered an alarm clock uh from china so that can watch me i just bought like a cheap ass alarm clock with big red letters that makes a good old fashioned beep 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 beep, beep f- uh sound which is fucking annoying as fuck um but that bitch has been plugged in for the past two nights i tested it one night with my phone on and i tested it in night 2 the deuce with my phone off and sure as shit when i wanted it to go off it went off it's awesome and sure enough, I had the weirdest fucking dream. I don't know. I forget. What was it about? Well, that's the end of that story. Uh, but yeah, shutting the phone off, knowing that my phone is, I don't think, listening. I think if it's off, it's off. So the next step is the phone. Okay, the first step was keep the phone on and the alarm clock on. Second night, uh, phone off and alarm clock on. Third night, alarm clock on phone off and in the other room i mean that's naturally the next step right uh because i do i i think that these things are definitely listening to us they've turned these samsung galaxies into pretty much like amazon echoes so they're basically alexas uh this this bixby bitch that's on my phone i know she's fucking listening she's like cortana or siri or whatever i know you're listening and you're all done little lady we're done here uh, so that's, uh, can we get a little closer there? Get a little closer. Can't you see? So that's, it's great. I, I'm, I love the progress I'm having. Life is good and life continues to get better. I mean, that Matthew principle definitely kicks into gear. If you haven't heard the Matthew principle, maybe you're a Bible fan or maybe you're a Jordan Peterson fan. Uh, for those who have everything more will be given. For those who have nothing, everything will be taken. It's a warning. Do not stay in one place. Depending upon how you interpret that last part, whether it means standing firm in your in your meaning or or um, just not really moving ahead in life, depending upon how that works out. But never sta- never you know stagnating is definitely a bad thing. But I've been pushing ahead and moving forward as hard as I could and taking on new tasks and new challenges and things like that. And I definitely had one last week on which I'm about to talk to, about to talk to you folks about. And I've, I'm getting more and more good news and, and good luck and good fortune have been coming my way. And it ring, it definitely rings true. And, you know, uh, seeing a lot of my, it definitely, t- like I see a lot of my old high school people, they never left town. Like they graduated high school and they went right back to their hometowns. I don't know 
why would you do that? I, I don't... It's hard for me not to judge, so I'm just going to go ahead and judge. Why the fuck would you do that? You're not going... Is it out of comfortability? You're being trying to be comfortable or security? There's, there's nothing to go back to. There's nothing to look forward to. So I don't, I don't understand it. So why the fuck would you do it? I mean, the first thing I did, the first thing I did when I graduated high school was I literally a few months later, once I got approved for a dorm room, I packed my shit and I got the hell out of there. I fell asleep in a bunk bed with nothing but my suede jacket and I was the, probably the happiest I had ever been. Just that freedom, you know, besides having a, a roommate who chronically masturbated, I think. Uh, it, it was a great feeling. Just be, oh, what the hell happened there? My, uh, uh-oh, my live stream just went off. The fuck's that all about? What's up with this shit? Um, fuck it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go live again. Let's go live again. Come on. Come on fucking stupid thing calm down who's from I, I said i was having good luck we're gonna stick with this all right anyways mm. so that's great i want to jump into a brief i want to jump into a quick article that just came about oh we're back on the live stream uh twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one if you, i'm gonna check out this article we're gonna talk about the south sudanese wedding and then we're gonna jump into more current events and then we're gonna get to a quiet place uh 2018 Directed by what the hell is his name? John Legazamo, something like that. John Krasinski. There we go. Um. Anyways, so this is cool. The picture is disappointing, but here's the thing. This is from ScienceNews.org. Although I think a lot of article, a lot of uh, websites have this new this breaking news. The first picture of a black hole opens a new era of astrophysics. I'm going to read the whole article. The supermassive beast, beast, lies in a galaxy called M87, more than 50 million light years away. For those of you also new to the podcast, I love to do tech review, tech stuff, science shit, cultural stuff, nutritional, health and wellness, on top of like movie reviews and other things that are on my mind. So I like to get into these articles and I like to have my thoughts kind of generated out there and see what other people have to say. You know, because I want to generate cool information out there. I want to get some really vital info out there, some fun info, interesting info. I don't want to just jump into politics and stuff that's so greasy Blech. there's other stuff there's other you know you can go listen to those podcasts and stuff go learn from them so the first image of a black hole shows a bright ring a bright ring with a dark central spot the ring is a bright disk of gas orbiting the supermassive behemoth in galaxy m87 and the spot is the black hole's shadow uh so what you want to do is you just want to go on google or bing if you're a bing person or duck duck go and you can just type in black hole and this image this blurry fucking image it's super blurry and it just looks like a little heat mark in the middle of the picture so you'll see like a little orange ring with a lot of heat on the bottom and in the middle you'll see a dark circle so it'll look like a kind of like the eye of a space hurricane sort of which basically is what a black hole is it's kind of a space hurricane when you think about it actually no not really actually yeah it kind of is um there there's some odd uh similarities to it but at the end of the day the center of a black hole is exactly where you don't want to be because everything is absorbed. It just it absorbs time, energy, space, anything that's in its gravitational pull, that center destroys and eats up. I don't know if it destroys, but it just eats it right up. And beyond that, there's something in there called the singularity. And the only way to destroy a black hole is to weaken 
I think either you either weaken the outside wall or the singularity itself. I'm not a fucking scientist, but, you know, I did watch Interstellar with Matthew McConaughey, so I know a thing or two. Uh, I'll get right into the article itself. This is what a black hole looks like. No shit! A world-spanning network of telescopes called the Event Horizon Telescope zoomed in on a supermassive monster in the galaxy M87 to create this first-ever picture of a black hole. If you guys don't actually know what a black hole is, a black hole, like I said, is a basic, it's a giant dead star in the middle of a galaxy. When a star dies, it turns and basically turns into a black hole. And whatever comes in with contact, it basically eats. A world-spanning network, blah, blah, blah. We have seen what we thought was unseeable. We have seen and taken a picture of a black hole. That's quote. Oh, did I tell you who wrote this article? I am so, so, so sorry, and I apologize. By Lisa Grossman and Emily Con- Emily Conover. Couple of broads. Uh, okay, we have seen what we thought was unseeable. We have seen and taken picture of a black hole. Uh, from Shepard Dolomon. Dolomon! Dolomite! EHT director and astrophysicist at Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics in Cambridge, Mass. Oh, good. They're doing something besides social justice. That's great. And ignoring Asians. Uh, Since April 10th in Washington, D.C., at one of seven concurrent news conferences, the results were also published in six papers in the Astrophysical Journal Letters. We have been studying black holes so long, sometimes it's easy to forget that none of us has actually seen one. That's true, says Francis Cord- France Cordova, director of National Science Foundation. That is fucking quoting everything. Uh, let's get to the actual science of it. Hmm. That's because uh, black holes are notoriously hard to see. Their gravity is so extreme that nothing, not even light, can escape across the boundary at a black hole's edge, known as the event horizon. Decent movie. Some production issues, though. Starring Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill. And some blonde hot chick. But some black holes, especially supermassive ones dwelling in galaxy centers, stand out by voraciously accreting bright disks of gas and other material. The EHT image reveals the shadow of M87's black hole on its accretion disk. Is it accretion? I'm going to assume it's accretion. A-C-C-R-E-T-I-O-N. Appearing as a fuzzy, it's fuzzy, some asymmetrical ring. It unveils for the first time a dark abyss of one of the universe's most mysterious objects. Uh, Let's see. The much-anticipated big reveal of the image lives up to the hype for sure. For scientists, not so much for generic, you know, schmoes. Uh says Yale University, blah, blah, blah. It really brings home how fortunate we are as a species, a particular time with the capacity of a human mind to comprehend the universe. Do we have built all the science and technology to make it happen? Yeah, a black, it's kind of what I expected it to look like, okay? A big ring of light, okay, of whatever is be about to be surrounded around it, and then in the middle, basically nothing. Darkness. Hopelessness. The funny, and the reason I talk about black holes is, number one, they're super important because they pretty much are everywhere, and you can't see them. Sometimes you can't see them until they're they're ready to eat your fucking planet. And two, the positive sarcasm.com come, the official logo for PS uh, is based on the black hole. The reason it's based on the black hole is because, you know, very, very dark time in my life, uh, which was for a while the largest majority of working on positive sarcasm. It was very dark. There was it was hopeless, it was sad, there was a lot of disappointment and anger and just all kinds of other stuff. And what is fucking going on with my goddamn network connection? Shut up. Let's go live again. And the idea that in this darkness, in this complete tidal darkness, there is a singularity. Now, whatever that singularity means to you, whatever it could be, to me it was like in the darkest of nights, in the darkest of, of times, in the darkest of thoughts, 
there is a glimmer of light. There is a chance, a small, tiny chance that if you are willing to put everything that you know or want to know into something, there is a possibility that something could come out of it. Eventually, basically building something from nothing. And that's what PositiveSarcasm.com is about or what its original intent was, to build something from nothing. YouTube channel, the blogs, the 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 events, the the video stuff that I do, the the podcast that I was originally started on with the with the blogs as well, and this wonderful coffee that I'm drinking, all this gear, the adventures that I go on, and the other companies that have spurred from it, the the collaborations that I do. It's all it's it's eventually it's all started from nothing, not no actual certification in what I do, no actual experience in what I do. I never knew how to blog or really how to write. I mean, I did some stuff when I was in high school, but that was about it. Um, And then the podcasting stuff, I mean, I learned how to, I got a real, I got a real reminder the other day because the, what do you call it? Uh, Bodybuilding season is is upon us and the Titans are coming out of their bulking season shells and they're starting to hit the they're starting to hit the stage and somebody requested redemption. Redemption was one of the first posing musics I ever put together. It was actually the first one that I ever put together and it was specifically for me. I designed it for me and I actually never got the chance to use it because in my class we don't use posing music. But the really cool thing is, is somebody requested and I thought back I go, "Huh, that was the first one I ever did." On, with no real experience other than editing podcasts. And from learning from editing podcasts on the fly, I learned how to edit posing music. And now from there, I can do... And then from learning how to edit posing music, I learned how to edit video. And then it just spurred from there. So learning from nothing, coming from darkness, coming from where there's absolutely no true data or hope or thought to go on, in the darkest of days, you know as shitty as life can be in that black hole where it seems like nothing can go right. There's always a chance. There's always an opportunity. There's a singularity. There's one thing, the core of everything. If you just take a crack at it, something good can happen. It that's, and that's where the logo is all about. That's why the logo, which is in many different colors and it's been inverted, white, black, red, gray, orange. I actually made a new one today. It's like a bright orange on the outside and then there's like, uh, and then it goes to black. And then, of course, in the middle, there's white. It's the PS logo. I made it today. I put it up on Twitter because I was talking to uh, Turk out of Bulkin Productions. And um, as a tribute to the new black hole image. Because it has to be a really big image. It takes a lot of picture. It takes a lot of data to put together a, a picture like that. So impressive in the, in the feet. I mean, for scientists, it, it helps them solve a lot of things. For me, it's just another picture. But like I said, that's what the lo- my logo was built on. It's just you can find something in nothing. And then from that something, you can create everything. That's the whole point. So if we figure out exactly wh- how we can use black holes, how they're, you know, and how to utilize them, then imagine the possibilities and then execute on those on those possibilities. And that's P.S. There's your sermon for the day class dismissed so things are going pretty good in my world let's talk about this goddamn south sudanese wedding holy shit what a chaos theory 
I'm currently working on the video for it right now. I don't know if it's going to be uploaded to YouTube. I've been editing like a madman. I actually had to take like a week off from just looking at any... I, I didn't look at any of this video for this goddamn... Vi for this wedding video for, I'd say, five days. I spent more time uh, researching music for it and uh, reviewing other examples. And then finally, that later that weekend, I started editing it. And... All you have to do is kind of get past that first intro, that first 10 to 15 seconds. And once you get into that, then it kind of starts to come together. Then by Sunday, I was about 30% done. Then by Tuesday, I was a solid 60 to 70% done. And now all I'm, and then the ending, because I'm basing it off of one of the, another vlog that I did. And then I saw an old, uh, an oldie, but a goodie pair of songs that I used for an old vlog of mine that kind of, when you think about, when I thought about it, I'm like, it makes perfect sense. I'm going to take these songs put them at the end of the uh, at the end of this video because I am kind of treating it like a vlog. I I do like to do my wedding videos like vlog style. They are kind of fun like that. Um I do like the chaos. I I do like to show a little bit of the chaos because let's face it, no weddings ever go to go according to plan. There's always that chaos. It should it's it, you know that's it's an there's honesty behind that day. People are angry, people are anxious. Things aren't going off on time. Shit gets lost. The driver, the the makeup artist, the cake's missing. There's no plates. I don't... Who fucking knows? It's all the things that you can't think of that generally go wrong. But, I mean, I was there to kind of take care of some of the issues. They were supposed to have these dancers that were, were going to be coming from Toronto that never showed up. So we had to turn it into a more of an American wedding. And just... Who knows? So we started, it all started on Friday with this thing called a henna party. If you don't know what a henna party is, a henna party, well, a henna is like, henna is like a tattoo. So they get together the night before and the day of, and they start covering each other in these fucking henna tattoos based on this herb or rock or whatever. And they, they mash down this herb or whatever, and then they take it and they put it, they, they tattoo it on all the girls. And this shit is like, it stains hard. So that's on their feet, it's on their arms, it's on their hands. Uh, Sipping coffee. So, they all show up, and because it's South Sudanese, they're going to be in all kinds of crazy garb. They're wearing, like, gold, they're wearing sharp blue, they're wearing, like, just very, all the chicks are wearing all kinds of flashy shit. Um, and I'm like, and I, I was told to expect this. And I was, I was, I was also aware that there was going to be some tribal type of, you know, because it's it, a henna party is a, it's like a good blessings and the family gets together and there's all kinds of random dances and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to roll tape and I'm going to add this to the wedding video. First of all, I got, I was told, all right, be there for five 30. I'm like, all right. So I get there at five 30. Well, it's six 30. Nobody's there. Seven 30. Finally, at 7.30, I sat there for fucking two hours until the dad showed up, okay? And then at 8 o'clock, everybody started rolling in. And this thing didn't get over until about, I'd say, 11, 11.30, something like that. And it was just crazy, disorganized. People weren't paid. I don't know what the hell was going on. But first, the groom, uh, the, the groom comes in wearing some type of tribal shit, and he's holding like what looks like a furry goat's leg and they all come in you know one by one to this music and he starts bouncing up and down with it and then they go to the front of the house where the there's like two like thrones it's like fucking wakanda i swear to god 
they go to the they go to the front where there's like there's two thrones and they all sit there and then the the bride comes in kind of the same situation she comes in she's got all her gear on uh and the women um they are audible okay so i don't know why they do it but for some reason it's i'm going to try to do it i don't know if i can do it but this was a constant thing throughout the wedding So try to shoot video and try to edit video knowing that in any second ringing in your fucking ears, that's going to happen every single time in any situation. And it only adds to the chaos and disruption of a of of the of the formula that is a standard American wedding. I knew right away it wasn't going to be a standard American wedding. I just didn't realize how much chaos it was going to be. And of course, I was also told ahead, told ahead of time that they're on Africa time. Legit. This is what they tell me. No, everybody's on Africa time. Nobody's showing up on time. And as far as the reception and the henna party, invitation only? No, no, not necessarily. So that goes on till about 11. It's like, okay, good. I got to get up the next day. The next day is really when I'm uh, monetarily on the clock. So I get to this church in Bedford. In Bedford, which is like tax code 1000, uh, where all the million dollar homes are. I get there around like 1030, uh, fly the drone around this church. I figured I'd get some pretty video of it. Uh, I get complete access to the church, the lighting, the balcony, the back rooms, everything. It's like, great. I got, you know, this Jew's got the run of the castle. And once again, it's 1030. Nobody's there. Okay. Finally, 11.30 happens. Dad shows up again. And then the groomsmen show up. Cool. That's all taken care of. But no dancers. So we, on the fly, have to change the whole wedding uh, ceremony in the beginning and do that all different, completely different. Uh, More homogenized, more traditional American style. So we got to do that all from scratch. So they teach them how to do that really quickly. And we get we get through that. It's like okay, and of course the groomsmen all they're doing at this point is getting drunk, which doesn't matter for a dude. We can still walk a straight line. So out there inside, they're outside drinking champagne. I'm out there getting my my cameras ready and the angles for it, <clears throat> getting the instructions from the coordinator, the 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 hall coordinator. Oh yeah, there was no actual coordinator for the wedding per se. I mean, there were some people that looked like they were kind of in charge, but there was no core coordinator because apparently, if they're not going to be on time, what the fuck's the point of having a coordinator? <laughs> there really isn't. And I was instructed that the mom was going to be giving me, you know, you need to shoot this, you need to shoot that. It was like that never happened. I needed to figure out what was important, where was going to be what, and at what time. And God knows what was going to happen ahead of that. So I had to figure out what the hell I was doing all on my own. So essentially, I, in a lot of ways, along with the help of this wonderful bridesmaid, I don't know her name, but shout out to her. She helped me a lot, especially later on in the day, and with the photographer. Oh, and they didn't have a photographer either. Now, I'll explain this. Videographers you don't really need. Videographers are kind of a luxury option when it comes to shooting weddings or shooting anything. But the dad said it best. When was the last time you saw a wedding without a photographer? But then again, they didn't have a. I gave them a photographer two weeks in advance. They never, ne- they never got back to him. 
until the Wednesday before the wedding. He didn't have, he didn't, and obviously he's booked for something else, so he's out. Okay, completely understandable. So we have to go and find another photographer last minute. I find, okay, we narrow it down, we get somebody. None of my business who it is because it's not on my it's not on my watch, it's not on my payroll. I don't have anything to do with it. We make it happen. We get this guy locked in. He sh- uh, shows up with only one lens. He didn't bring his other lens. Okay, why? I guess I don't know. I guess I have to ask that question another day. But he sh- but he shows up. The bridesmaid is giving him instructions on how on what pictures to actually shoot. So they're doing all that on the fly in general. In the meantime, what's the wedding party, you know, the bride, they don't show up until 1230 when the actual wedding was supposed to go off. Okay, so the wedding, the hall coordinator decides, oh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to aim for 130 period. And at 130. The hell's that? And at 130, this thing's going off, period. Okay. So. They finally show up. The bride doesn't have any shoes. The mom has the shoes, but the mom doesn't show up till later. And apparently she didn't have the shoes. So I had the smart decision to say, okay, you got a bunch of bridesmaids here. Who's got eight and a halves? One of them has a pair of gold eight and a halves. We switch them out. Uh, and the one who's giving away her shoes has to wear like these tiny little shoes that cramp her feet up. Most chicks do that anyway, so they're used to it. Um So that so now that challenge has been over. Now we can't find Anne. Anne is the wet is the hall coordinator. The mom said she was gonna go get her, but it was all just fucking chaos. And I'm like, oh my god, what is happening here? So I'm like, all right, I want this thing to go up. Let's just keep pushing ahead. We got the bride here. We got the groom over there. We got who we need to make this a wedding. We need to make sure that the bride has everything she needs. Okay, shoes on her feet. Uh, instructions for her bridesmaids. And then what the mom is going to do. So we get that done. Okay. All my cameras are set up ready to go. All I got to do is turn them on and hit record. And then I'm going to go ahead and go from there. Oops. Hit the thingy. Sorry about that. Pour myself one last cup of Jew. Cup of Jew. <laughs> All Jew. Um, so it's about five minutes to go until 1.30. Everything goes off. Photographer's got all his pictures in. We corral pretty much anybody who's there, invitation only, to inside the cathedral or church. Church, excuse me. They're there. We got all the bridesmaids. Great. Um, and I already edited all that part. The bride looks great. Grooms are ready to go. And we also, now, because we have no dancers, we don't have the music for the dancers. So now we need music. So I'm with the DJ who's running the music booth, we go on fucking YouTube, find wedding music, and, you know, ele- you know, church elevator music, so when people come in, they sit down, they hear music, and then finally, we find something, we all agree on it, we clear it, and then we go ahead and insert it and start pressing play, okay? The wedding goes, you know, the, the, the bridesmaids, they come down, the, the, the flower girls, they come down, they go up there, uh, that all goes, for the most part, according to plan. Obviously, when they're doing uh, their sermons and when they're exchanging vows, you can't hear dick. And also, when they're doing that, you have people coughing, you have babies crying. It's like, fuck me in the ass. 
So I can't really utilize that audio. So that audio is basically useless. So you just dampen down the audio and you do something else. You improvise. That's what I like is that I'm able to improvise most of the time. So they still love each other. It was very obvious in the video. And they both say yes. Now pronounce you blah, blah, blah. They walk down the aisle. They go into the thing. You know, she goes her way. They get their extra pictures. Then the photographer takes over. We start working with that. And there was so much family there and so many different options of how they wanted to take pictures. And it was like, Jesus Christ, can we get the fuck out of here, please? So we finally get all the after pictures done. That gets done. Great. All right. Once that's done, we work on a couple more things, a couple of shots that I wanted to get. And then uh, the next thing is the the reception is at 7 o'clock. Or, excuse me, like 6. But, of course, that's not going to go off on time either because pff, why not? So I head out, grab my, uh, you know, recharge some of my gear, recollect all of my stuff, head out, have a conversation with some of the elders from, from actual South Sudan. Because South Sudan is a very young country. It's like nine years old, basically, at this point. Um so it's it's crazy. Some people actually didn't even make it. They were supposed to be coming, and they got held up at some airport. I don't know. I, I have no idea than that. But the wedding itself was very beautiful. So we get that all done, and then we get to the actual reception. Nobody ordered any fucking champagne. All right. Why? Well, who knows? Apparently, you know, you can't. You, you, weddings and champagne. I think the two go together. Um, so I go to the store, grab three bottles of bubbles myself, okay, toss them in the car with a pair, with a, with a, with a, with some Kit Kats, of course, because, you know, one Kit Kat and one bag of caramel M&Ms, just, you know, I was in the mood, I was in the mood, so I go and get that shit, I drop them off at the, at the hotel that they're staying at, I can't bring them through the front lobby because the liquor license is not allowing it to, I'm like, you can have them! I'm like, here, take them. It'll cost you nothing. Nope, they can't do it. So I'm like, hmm. But the photographer's like, I know where they are. I know where the bride and groom are. So I'm like, all right. So I literally just grab the bottles of champagne. I give one to him. I go, you, you keep one. We go up to the their hotel room. We give him the extra two bottles of champagne. It's like, perfect. Job accomplished. Now let's go down to the reception. The reception is all fucked up because they're supposed to be giving gifts and there's supposed to be some other ceremonial bullshit that's going on. Maybe I was a little harsh when I said bullshit, but the way it went off was bullshit because it didn't go off on time. They had no plates for the fucking cake uh, because people weren't showing up on time and a bunch of other stuff. They weren't actually able to serve dinner until everybody had arrived and all that stuff. Then you had people arriving afterwards who wanted to get more chairs. And of course, the mom was like, can you get more chairs? Can you get more chairs? In a room that fits about 120 people, there was over 200 fucking people there. I'm like, this is going to get shut down. Oh, my God. I'm like having this little anxiety attack. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm like, wait, I don't give a fuck if it if if gets shot down. I'm going to just, whatever. I'm just going to shoot it. I don't care. I'm just going to shoot the video. Do whatever. And apparently, I don't know why, but it, I don't know. We'll just go ahead and sell it because I guess it's part of the story. So this little shit, this little fucking pubescent shit, white kid, obviously, you little white prick. He goes up to this girl who's like 
you know, she's got the microphone. She's basically DJing the night, you know, telling people the current events, who's coming up, everything like that. He goes, I need to talk to you. Takes the girl outside. The girl comes to me and she goes, uh, apparently you've been staring at my ass all night. I go, uh, okay. I'm the videographer. I'm like, and where did you get that information from? She goes, I got it from that kid who's in the other room beatboxing. I go, I'm going to beatbox beat the shit out of that kid. Okay. I go, I'm the videographer. And every time I walk by to grab my gear, you're there. You're standing there. So I can't help but walk past you. Okay. You're also wearing fucking, uh, you're also wearing like sausage cloth. Okay. Your clothes are super tight. So don't know what to tell you. Very nice girl. Had a very nice conversation. She was very nice. But I was there to do a job. And if your ass got in the way, I humbly apologize. But for the most part, she was not she wasn't a bad looking chick. She was very, very nice. But as far as that kid, fuck that kid. I don't care whose family he was about. You keep your nobody likes a fucking rat, dude. Nobody likes a rat. Okay? Snitches get stitches. So if you're gonna talk like that and you're gonna tell a 35-year-old, okay, he's staring at your ass. Guess what? That's you know what's gonna happen to you when you get older? Okay, I don't know, but something. So do yourself a favor. If you want to be staring at asses like that, you keep your fucking mouth shut. Okay, we're done here with that. But I was more focused on shooting video as I always was because I had basically been shooting video since six o'clock the night before. I shot a tide lance at five thirty. I waited on them for sh- to show up. I got home at like eleven o'clock. I got up at six a.m. Went to the fucking gym. Got ready for the next day, flew my drone, shot the wedding all day, came back, changed my clothes because I don't know what I was sweating, changed my shirt and all that jazz, then came back to the reception, shot the wedding all fucking night till about one o'clock in the morning, got up, went to the gym, did the same damn thing. Okay. And of course, couldn't find a knife, so we couldn't cut the cake. The cake was in the was not even in the actual hotel. It was in somebody's car. It was in the mother's car. So we had to go and get it. Then the mom wants to take the cake and put it on top of another cake to make it bigger. I'm like, no, we're not constructing this fucking cake, okay? Number one, not everybody's going to eat the cake. And number two, who cares at this point? you got a triple-layered cake. You're not going to put another cake underneath that already has lettering on it. So we're not doing that in the parking lot of the reception area. We're not doing that either. Okay, so let's just bring the kid. And yeah, I'm complaining because why not? There's a lot to complain about Um, because the bride was pissed. Okay, but everything worked out in the end, sort of. So they're doing all their traditional bullshit and the kid's beatboxing who I wanted to punch in the face, but he's underage, so I can't do it. Um, Everybody's loving me so far, but everybody's so fucking late. People are they're supposed to be bringing in. They're supposed to be dancing in a in a, in a in a single line in with the gifts and stuff. And it was just like, are you going to actually, you know, they're all talking to each other and not organizing. And we had to get like aggressive and be like, yo, we need you now. Let's go. You know, and they're not doing it. And it was just uh, super fucking frustrating. So we finally got that all stuff and we're trying to mix and match her, me and this bridesmaid were running backstage trying to find plates from the, from the people at the, at the reception. We found plates. We found a knife. We got this, we, we got this shit show kind of somewhat solved to the point where dinner was served at seven o'clock somewhat on time, I guess. And then we got the cake out there halfway through the, through reception. And then once that was all done, it could finally just be like, all right, DJ, light up the fucking dance floor and we can get this thing on with. Because at that point, people were just taking pictures and chatting up and stealing all the soda from the fucking open bar. Um, 
And that's what they did. One woman went up and said, give me all your sodas, all your Sprites. Give me all of it. Is that what you got? You got Sprites, you got sodas. Give me all your sodas. Just took all of it. Just took all of it. I'm like, save that from the other. Like, what are you going to fucking do with it? Let, if somebody else wants to come up and and have get a soda and they don't have it now because you took all of it. She took like a fucking dozen sodas. That could have been mixers. That could be, it's like, Jesus Christ. And you know the the guy can't say no. You ever tried saying no to 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 uh to an African lady? I had to fight this Jamaican, which is not African, but I'm gonna kind of put the two together just for fuck's sake. I I almost got into a fight with a fucking Jamaican lady at a, at a halal chicken place because they were running out of chicken wings, so they had to redo chicken wings because this place runs out of chicken wings so so quickly because it's so damn good. This woman wanted to fight me because I ordered before she did, and she got super pissed. And I don't know why. I was like, listen, lady, I ordered chicken wings. I was here first before you. I'm taking my chicken wings. And then something got mistranslated. I don't know what it was. Okay. And this woman was ultra aggressive. And it was, I was getting very much the same vibe. He's like, you want all the sodas? I was like, I can't give you all the sodas. I need, and it's like, uh uh-oh. Apparently saying no is not a thing. Uh, so me being aggressive and hold because I was because I was being aggressive, but I was also holding camera gear at the same time. I get a pass. So I was like almost like playing blocker while the bridesmaid was holding the cake and other things, and I just basically gave her a, a, a view of the end zone, and she just went for it. And I had no fucking problem pushing people out of the way. I was happy to do it. I actually got some aggression out because it was a long ass day. So I got all the footage I need. I got about uh about 175 to 180 files. Um, and I've, I've, I've put about 60 to 70% of it together. Now I just got to get the reception part inserted into the video and then I can actually get it over to the client. Uh, and that's great. And I do, and you know what? Here's the bottom line. Through all the chaos and the ridiculousness and the shit I complained about, at the end of the day, it is about, a wedding is always about the bride and groom. And it really does look like from the pictures I saw and the video I took and stuff like that, that, they actually really like each other. They really do. And that's just a nice thing to say. And that's a privilege. I, I, I think I wrote it on a, a, I wrote on the invitation. Like, it's a privilege to shoot the video for people that really do care about each other that much. There's really some, and it's great to be creating something that they will never forget, that they will laugh at, that will cry out, that will smile about. And I really hope that they like it. It'll be about like a, right now it's, the thing is sitting at about seven minutes. It'll probably get, I think it'll probably get to about 10, 10, between 10 and 12 minutes before it gets wrapped up at the end. And if they approve of it, I'll throw it up on YouTube and add commentary. But for the most part, it's almost done. I didn't, I sat on it for a week and then I've been working on it for the last few days and I'll get it done by this weekend. And then maybe if I have some time, I will go and do some work with Turcot at Polkin Productions and then Sunday family time. That'll be fun. And then finally start working on some new vlog shit. Mm. Which has been long overdue. Long overdue, bro. Uh, and then in late May, I have the event, hopefully, that goes off. Um, and once I have the event the, the event late May for the South Sudan project, if I can get that done, that'd be great to, to get to you guys, uh, show you guys. So... That was, I guess that was the wedding uh, for the most part. I probably glossed over some things or didn't talk about or maybe went off on a rant, but it was, it was ridiculous. No joke. South, when somebody tells you South Sudanese wedding, I'll be honest, be ready for chaos. All right. It's not a traditional wedding. 
And it's not about, you know, how they do weddings. It's just things are not properly timed out. There's no reference of time. It's just part of their culture. It's just one of those things that you have to be prepared for. It's just the facts. Okay. I present to you the reality of what I, I went through and that when I asked questions, they were of, of my thoughts. They were all confirmed to me by those people. So there you go. Anyways. So we're at 44 minutes. I want to get an article in and I want to get a review of a movie that I want to do. Hmm. I got a bunch of articles here. So we did the supermassive black hole. We talked about the South Sudanese wedding. Uh, we also turned about Cafe Bustelo. We talked about that. ABC. It's as easy as not. Guilty. I still got to watch that art, uh, that actual documentary too. I want to get a chance to maybe, uh, yeah. Maybe I'll watch that this weekend or something like that, and I'll get back to you. The Michael Jackson doc, the, uh, that sounds like it's a uh, it's a rough one, I'll tell you. And let's see. Civil, oh, Cillian, okay, that's that. All right. I want to do this. This is one that's been driving me nuts. As you know, I, I also little, own a little company on the side, peanut butter. Uh, this is by Alex Berizzo, or Berizzo of ACSH.org, American Council of Science and Health. Relax. Your child won't die from airplane peanuts. Here we go. On my recent flight to New York City, an attendant announced that a passenger had a severe peanut allergy. Oh. If any of us had brought food containing peanuts, it was requested that we put it away for the entire flight. I poked fun at my Facebook page, after which I was castigated for my insensitivity and lack of compassion. It's the recirculated recirculated air, quote, one person said, it can be ingested through particles circulated in the air, chimed in another. A teacher weighed in too. A child, quote, a child in my class went into shock after touching the same doorknob that someone ha who had peanuts had touched earlier. No, that's not how it works. That apparently widespread belief that recirculated peanut tainted air can kill unsuspecting children is based on several myths. Myth one, airplane air is recirculated. Airplane, okay, according to IO9, whatever that is, airplane air is fresh and probably cleaner than office air. And I've worked in offices. I can tell you right now, when you walk into an office, especially a, a, a low, uh, a poorly paid one, it smells like fucking mold and BO. The air you breathe sick on a typical airplane flight is thoroughly clean. Yes, the, air, the fresh air from the outside compares, yes, the fresh air from the outside of the plane combines with some air that's already been making the rounds in the cabin for a little while. But that's circulating air started out as fresh air, external air itself, and it has too been cycling through HEPA filters. What's more, recirculating cabin air is continuously released from the plane via outflow valves. So air inside the plane is constantly being replaced by the fresh air from outside. In fact, the average airplane's cabin air is completely refreshed about 20 times per hour. By comparison, the air in your average office, uh, which is also typically HEPA filtered, is refreshed just 12 times per hour. And those HEPA filters are pretty effective. They remove a minimum of 99.97% of any airborne particulates, bacteria, and viruses. Okay, let's keep moving because this is a happy ending artif article for me. Myth number two. Just a whiff of peanuts can trigger an allergy. The molecule responsible for the scent of peanuts and the ones responsible for allergies are not the same. Dr. Ham Pong, a pediatric allergist, writes at Allergic Living. 
You can be assured that anaphylaxis, which is a, a form of shock, anaphylactic shock, you've heard about it, to airborne food particles is very rare. An allergic reaction to food will not occur because someone is eating it in a classroom or the, or vicinity of the allergic person. Person. He does go on to say that if everybody in an airplane started opening packages of peanuts, then that could be a concern. The only exception is to the above is if peanut protein itself is in the air that you breathe. If a peanut allergic person breathes air enough of the pro breathes enough of the protein peanut protein in the air, the person can have a serious allergic reaction, asthma attack, and anaphylaxis. Situations in which this is this are unusual but can happen. For instance, if a large number of people are opening packages of peanuts at the same time, when pe- you know when peanut packages started on an airplane and the peanut protein get, dust gets air in, in close place. So this would justify an airline opting to not serve peanuts to all passengers on an airplane. But it certainly does not justify telling people to put their Snickers bars and PB&Js away. Okay. Myth number three. Touching peanuts or a peanut-contaminated surface can trigger an allergy. Certainly prolonged skin contact with peanuts can trigger, can, can trigger an allergic reaction. Parentheses. People treated for peanut allergies using special skin patches often will develop rashes. However, brief contact will unlikely to, will brief contact is unlikely to cause anything unless some peanut particulates particles are eaten or inhaled or come into contact with the eyes again dr pong writes allergic reactions to to peanuts occur mostly when the hold on i thought i had to sneeze i do but it's coming allergic reactions (laughs) allergic reactions occur mostly when the peanut enters the body either by licking it tasting it or eating it for instance bringing it to your lips mouth directly or indirectly, but transferring from your hands or other people's lips to your mouth or eyes. Therefore, it is important to realize that severe allergic reactions or anaphylaxis to peanut generally occur with eating or tasting peanuts, not by touching it or smelling it. In conclusion, don't go nuts. What explains what explains that widespread misconception that people with peanut allergies can suffer a allergic can suffer a reaction by smelling or briefing touching peanuts? One possible explanation is the nocebo effect. I love this part. The evil twin of the placebo effect is the nocebo effect. A person who knows that a drug may have side effects is likelier to report those side effects. Similarly, a person who is anxious about peanuts may begin to feel bad simply because he knows, he or she knows, which pronoun, there is a peanut in the vicinity. It is really, It really is possible to worry ourselves sick. Consider the following. It is physically impossible for a person to have an allergic reaction to Wi-Fi, yet some people are convinced they suffer from electromagnetic hypersensitivity, quote, in quotations, that causes headaches and rashes, but they don't. It's all in their fucking head, I added the fucking. Also, airlines are probably willing to submit over-the-top demands, particularly by patients, pussies, because they don't want to get sued in the incredibly unlikely event somebody has an allergic reaction. So one little shit... Ruining it for everything, ruining it for everybody over something almost completely nothing. Okay? Almost over nothing. And a lot of the times, peanut allergies have been treated or cured. Okay? Simply because of the fact that it, being exposed to it is a young age. The more you expose your children to things, the, the more likely they are to build an immunity to it, the more likely they are to become immune to it. Or be able to deal with it better? If you just shelter your fucking kids from every little thing, when they grow up, they're going to be giant train wrecks. Gee, I wonder what that relates to.
pretty much everything I've ever talked about lately, this is it's all in your head. The nocebo effect. You think it, therefore it's real. You're afraid of it, therefore it's going to happen. So, peanut allergies, yes, they exist. But, again, here's another thing. So you have the peanuts. Oh, so you have the peanuts. Somebody has an allergy. So now the peanuts all go away. So what do they end up serving instead? Well, they don't remember when you don't really get much food on a quick flight. Okay. But the peanuts are now gone. So what do they give you? Fucking carbs. At least with peanuts, you get some omega-6s. You get some, you get a little bit, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You get something. You get some okay calories. But now it's like all pretzels. Pretzels and Triscuits and fucking Cheez-Its and all just shitty processed hydro, you know, vegetable oiled carbs. Just complete junk. No nutritional value whatsoever other than upping your glucose uh, levels and contributing to your diabetes. You stupid fucks. Coffee? Yes, please. So, absolutely just annoying. So, expose your kids to everything, okay? And chances are they'll be better off for it. All right. So, so for uh, uh, peanut allergy parents, you can go fuck yourself. Uh, this, once again, was by Alex Berezow. Uh This was actually published a few years ago. But, Alex, I'm glad I found it now. Thank you for sharing. And oh yeah, there's a related out article here. Peanut free school zones don't work. <laughs> I love it. Such p- people are such wimps. All right, coming up on 53 minutes. I mean, we could jump into another article, but I'm actually going to go ahead and get into movie review for the week. Yeah, movie review. That's right. Okay, this week's movie review is a good one. All right. Uh, if you want, uh, obviously I talk about, you know, time well spent when you want to do your Netflix and chills. So I go ahead and review movies mostly that have already been out for a while. And there's a lot of movies people haven't seen. So I'll definitely tell you if you should be uh, wasting your time or not, uh, on movies that are definitely either available on Amazon prime or rental or Netflix and da, 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 da. So here's one that everybody I think should check out. Uh, and I'm really a fan of this movie. I mean, I don't know why they're going to make horror movies after this one. This is A Quiet Place, 2018. Uh, Drama, horror, mystery, directed by John Krasinski, uh, written by Brian Woods, who wrote the screenplay, Scott Beck, who also wrote the screenplay, and it stars Emily Blunt and John Krasinski, real-life couple. So, directed and starring John Krasinski. Nice. And uh, the kids were pretty pretty good, too. Let me scroll down. I want to give the kids some props because the kids were good actors too. So Millicent Simmons, Noah Jupe, and Cade. Okay, yeah, Cade didn't. Yeah, Cade didn't last very long. Oops, spoiler alert. Um. Oh, so in a post-apocalyptic world, a family is forced to live in silence while hiding from monsters with ultra-sensitive hearing. So, a quiet place. So here's the thing. Uh, let's see. Let's get up. Is there a larger synopsis? Let's see. Larger synopsis. Storyline. Two parents do what it takes to keep their children safe in a world full of creatures hunting every sound they can hear. Not a sound can be heard from the family hiding in silence, but all it takes is one noise and everything can go wrong. That is written by Jay Hada. Uh, That is a really good synopsis, actually. It starts in like a grocery store where people are quietly 
you know, the family's quietly grabbing like a couple items of groceries and nobody's talking. There's no talking. Absolutely none. There's almost very little talking in the movie too. There is a lot of sign language. One of the chi- one of the children is deaf. Um, there's a very traumatic scene very, very early in the movie that sets the tone pretty much for the whole flick. And, okay, here's what you need to do. You have to prepare to watch this movie, okay? You can't, number one, no crunchy foods, all right? No distracting drinks, number two. Number three, turn your fucking phone off, okay? Straight up, just turn your phone off. All right. I texted Zach because I was in a good spot on the movie. I texted him. I go, dude, if you've seen this movie, don't just turn your phone off and go watch The Quiet Place. He goes, dude, I, t- I watched it and I was glued to the fucking TV. Dude, I'm going to tell you something. This movie, first of all, not a lot of CGI is technically needed because the only CGI or special effects has to do with the actual creatures themselves. Um, Very well timed. John Krasinski pulled a perfect g- – the gimmick on this movie is the silence of the movie. The fact that there's no talking. So at any moment in time – a simple plot setup can absolutely change the whole complexity of the movie. Just a little thing. And then you realize with that one small little mishap, everything is about to go wrong. Everything, the whole movie changes. Everything gets super tense all over again. Then there's the relationship with the family. Um, some throwback scenes. Not so much. Then that you kind of figure out through some, uh, some well-placed uh, news articles what was happening and then what they needed to do and then the weakness of the creatures. First of all, movie, simple. You can always say, oh, it's simple enough to write. Number one, great acting. Okay. Great acting uh, on on the hands of the children. Okay. The children definitely sold this movie. Emily Blunt is an amazing actress. I love Emily Blunt. I love John. You know, John Krasinski is, he's, I give him first of all, he was great in the office, even though all he did was shoulder shrugs the whole time. Uh, but then his shoulder shrugs helped him get jacked for a Michael Bay movie called Thirteen Hours, which is about the uh, the Benghazi incident. He was great. He was the lead actor in that movie. That movie was awesome. That was an intense movie. So he was in that, and he was sporting a beard in that movie too. And now he does this movie, who directs and stars in. Okay, freaking sweet. Absolutely sweet movie. A movie like this, uh, it's got 512 critic reviews, 20, over 2,400 user reviews. It, its popularity is up. It's got an 82 Metacritic score. But as far as I'm concerned, this is a five-star movie. Simply because I didn't think it was really good. I, didn't, I thought it was great. I love this movie. I couldn't justify giving it a four-star movie because I felt like I'd be taking away from the fact that this movie was a can't-miss flick. This movie, if you didn't see it in theaters, I understand. But I think if you saw this in theaters, you would have fucking been blown away. Simply by the fact that the audience would have been quiet and these creatures, you just you know they're out there. You can't see them, but you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen, but you don't know what tar- turn is going to be taken. And... It's just the plot setting. They're in the countryside. You know, in the lighting, like they light in the movie when they turn on all the lights uh, to let the, let the uh, their neighbors know that everything is safe. Uh, the late the neighbors turn on their lights. You can see them from like miles away. The neighbors turning on their lights. 
But if they turn their lights red, that means don't go near the house or don't go near that area because the creatures are there. At least that's what John Krasinski does in the movie. It's not really a spoiler. It's like one of those things. Cause in this movie, you know something's going to go wrong. And not just once, but many, many times. Okay. And it's only a matter of time before it hits a head. And there's definitely a pivotal role within the family, a pivotal moment where the family dynamic changes takes place, which is going to severely factor the overall outcome of the movie. I was just absolutely riveted by from the very very beginning you get some levity in the middle uh with with a really cool scene of kind of calming things down and then it revs right back up and puts you right back in tension mode and it doesn't let go and basically until the end and with the end just like the movie signs which is a really really good movie which is uh, by m night Shyamalan, starring mel gibson and joaquin phoenix it, you get that payoff that you're true that you're actually looking for because you're, when you're dealing with extraterrestrial movies, you want that you want that that tension, the fear, the hiding of the actual alien, the creature, whatever it is, and then the ultimate payoff at the end. You know, the battle, the one on one, that actual battle. Now, how it takes place, it depends. The, the creativity is is left up to the director. But the payoff, you get a pay, you get that payoff in the movie Signs. You absolutely get this, the payoff in this movie. They are talking about now. As far as the end of the movie, I'm not going to spoil that. There's really no need to. But they are talking about uh, doing a sequel to this movie. Interesting. John Krasinski would be behind it. Uh, Cillian Murphy, who's in an awesome movie called Sunshine, which is a movie about how something's wrong with the sun. So there's like a zit on the sun and they got to go blow it up. So they send this giant nuclear weapon with this golden spaceship out there to go blow it up so they can save Earth from the fucking Ice Age. Cillian Murphy is the main actor in that movie. So that's a really good movie. If you you don't know who Cillian Murphy is, you've ever seen a show called Peaky Blinders. Or if you've ever seen Batman Begins, he's Scarecrow. So that just, you know, if you need to place that face. Or if you've ever seen a movie called Red Light, which is also starring Robert De Niro... That's Silly Murphy. And he's in talks, apparently, to be on board for the A Quiet Place 2 Electric Boogaloo sequel. Uh, I'd be curious to actually see a sequel to this. This was a fantastic horror movie. It was a great suspense movie. The thrill, It was thrilling. The, the Just overall, just absolutely mesmerized by the casting, the, 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 the momentum of the whole movie in general. I... I goofs I, I mean i could go through the goofs in this movie but i mean where does the electricity you know where is the electricity coming from i didn't see any solar paneling there was a lot that i didn't see in this movie that could but maybe that's just for entertainment value they just sort of left those questions put aside maybe they'll be explained in the sequel i don't know i could dive into it but at the end of the day the idea is if you watch a movie you want to be entertained you want to be entertained without too many distractions. And I truly think this movie is, well, if you want, number one, don't have any distractions. Turn the fucking phone off. I'm telling you, it's one of the most annoying things ever. You're sitting there watching freaking Netflix or something like that. And the next thing you know, you're looking down on your phone, you know, checking out memes on Instagram. Shut your, just shut your phone off. Okay. I talked about it at the beginning of this podcast. I'm talking about it now. Turn your fucking phone off. Watch this movie. Quiet Place starring John Krasinski. And his wife, his smoke show of a wife, Emily Blunt. Is this, is this really? I think it is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Quiet Place, 2018, 
five stars. If you want to see more of my my awesome reviews, you can go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the movie review section. You can also recommend the movies that you have seen or you want me to see or you want me to review on the podcast. Happy to do it. I got over 400 and something movie reviews on there and I still got to post more. So definitely check that out. Quiet Place 2018, five stars. Coming up on an hour and three. Whew, that blew right by. If you have any other questions or concerns, you can email me directly at positivesarcasmatoutlook.com. You check me out. Subscribe to my fucking YouTube channel. Uh, go to my YouTube channel, Positive Sarcasm. Subscribe there. Go check out my my stuff. My, maybe not my earlier stuff, but definitely my later stuff. You know, check out the charity events, the travel vlogs, things like that. You can also subscribe to this YouTube to subscribe to my. You can like and subscribe to my podcast. You can go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music. Uh, podcast addict, whatever you use for an app, you can subscribe to that RSS feed through any of those circulators. Okay. And so just, just subscribe to there. You can uh, Q&A me in any way, shape, or form. Any questions, anything you want me to review, any dilemmas you got going through life, maybe we can work through them together. If you want to be a guest in the podcast, you're nearby. You maybe, maybe we could sit down and chat. This is a dual microphone-based studio. So you come right on and sit right on down and you, I'll serve you coffee, and we can just chat it up. And maybe you'll, if the conversation is good enough, I'll be happy to uh, put a segment on the podcast. Mm. Fantastic! I have to. Uh, so, if you want to subscribe, rate, review, you can find me on all on basically all social media. And if you want to email me with questions and concerns, you can also go to positivesarcasm.com and you can contact me there. If you need posing music for your fitness shows, you can go to positivesarcasm.com and you can request me stuff there. Just, you know, send me a form and with what you're looking for and what you want me to cut. And donations, uh, contributions are always appreciated. You go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. It's run by PayPal and Stripe. You can just submit whatever you want through there. All amounts are appreciated. It really does. I appreciate those of you who have donated recently, all those who, who you will donate in the future, it does every little bit helps. Believe me, it's all appreciated. And I love helping you guys out in any way I can. So uh, twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one, you can subscribe to my channel there. I only, so far I'm only live streaming when I'm doing the podcast, which has been basically, right for the moment, been every Wednesday at around 4.30, 5 o'clock. Uh, if I have guests in studio though, I will try to cater to their time as well and then put it up later. So it's been an hour and six. So I'm going to close up shop. Like I said, if you have any questions, concerns, you can hit me up and all the, you know, uh, Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm, facebook.com slash positive sarcasm, Twitter at POS sarcasm, minds, minds.com look, uh, at positive sarcasm there. So I appreciate everybody watching, listening, subscribing, and uh, I will talk to you all soon. We'll get to more articles next week that I didn't get to, and uh, we'll call it a day. Thank you to Cafe Bustelo, one of my favorite coffees. And I will talk to you guys all next week. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.